right, let's get started. I'll open this up in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the Sunday school class and for um, just the privilege of studying your word and what it says, and uh, and specifically today, how we can um, read the Psalms. And I pray that you would just give us a good time of uh, learning uh, as you as you teach us, and uh, a good time also of fellowship here with this uh, with this group of people, my brothers and sisters. In Jesus' name, Amen. Alrighty, so today we're going to study the Psalms. How to interpret the Psalms. Uh, just with the half hour that we have, we can't go super deep into it, but we will uh, look at um, how the Psalms are used and what type of Psalms there are. And just uh, we'll just get a little idea of how we can interpret the Psalms and how we can read them. So before we uh, get, get anywhere, can I have a volunteer read Psalm 88? Psalm 88. Actually, let's have um, three volunteers. Kay, do you have a Bible? I have one. A Biblia? Okay. So, um, can I have, Jeff, can you read um, Psalm 88, 1 through 6? Kay, can you read 7 through 12? And Tommy, can you read 13 through 88? I mean, 13 through uh, 18? 88. And then Psalm 88. So Psalm 88, and then Jeff is going to read verse 1 through 6. You'll read 7 through 12. And Tommy will read 13 through 18. And read it loud. O Lord God, my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you and find you with you to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws me to shield. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength. Like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave. Like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eyes grow dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do, you departed? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? <clears throat> but I, O Lord, cry to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. The dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me um, like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. All right, so I wanted us to read this psalm because it, it's... Uh not something we might expect to find in the Psalms. It's here's a psalmist. He's talking about how he's suffering. He's talking about he's being isolated and uh, his friends and his family are abandoning him. And th- there doesn't seem to be any resolution in here. This psalmist is just it's a, a a complaint. It's God, all this stuff is happening to me. Why is this happening to me? Um, bad things are happening, and there doesn't seem to be a resolution in it. And uh, I, I bring I, we read this psalm because I want us to see the psalm is really honest and. Um, and the Bible contains a lot of stuff that that um, it's, we wouldn't expect to see. So, especially in the Old Testament, we see these stories of just um, just like 
stories about sex and like murder and um, the violence. And here we see that it seems like the psalmist is despairing. And there's just a real honesty to it. So with that, we'll, we'll go into um, what the psalms are. Why does it? Why does a psalm have this tone? Obviously, the psalm doesn't isn't. It's it, it's not representative of all the psalms in that it's not all of them are dark and depressing. But this one seems to be. So we'll look at um, we'll look at uh, what the psalms are, how they're used, and then also at the end of this, at the end of the lesson, we'll um, we'll see if we have time to interpret how. How uh, how we or just look at how we can read these psalms. So with that, uh, let's go to our first point: the use of the psalms in Israel. So if you guys have pens, you'll want to fill this in. Uh, the psalms serve the crucial function of connecting the worshiper to God. Of connecting the worshiper to God. They were commonly used as worship aids, worship aids by Israelites when they brought sacrifices to the temple in Jerusalem. They gave the Israelites words to express their emotions. Emotions. So the points are connecting, worship aids, and emotions. So Psalms, uh, it's the, the word that's, the Hebrew word for Psalms is actually, it's translated songs. So we see that, uh, you, you, like I'm sure you guys have noticed as you read the Psalms, they're, they're written on, like poetry. There's a, um, there's they're, they're spaced differently than prose. They're um, and it, there's a, a lyrical quality to them. So what the Israelites did is they use these psalms to uh, they set, a lot of them a lot of these psalms were sang, especially in the temple, especially when they were coming to worship God as a congregation. So uh, the purpose of the psalms was to the Israelites used them to worship God. It, they helped express their uh, emotions, express what they felt to God. Uh, very much in the same way that, that in, later in worship, we're going to sing songs that express uh, our, our emotions towards God. And they're also, as we read, as we read the lyrics, as we sing the, the lyrics, they're also teaching aids. So they tell us about God, and they also are a way for us to express what is inside of us to God. Okay? So that's our first uh, main point. Now let's look at the different types of psalms. There's a whole lot of, uh, not, well, there's like, I think there are eight or nine different types of psalms, and we'll look at each one of them just very briefly, and uh, I don't think we'll have time to just read an example of each one, but we'll, we'll go through them. So at this point, are there any uh, questions uh, or comments about the psalms that you guys may want us to address in, this, in the next 20 minutes? No? Okay, so you get, we sort of have an idea as to how the psalms work, right? All right, cool. All right, so the different types of psalms. The first one is, um, these are lament psalms, the laments. And these help worshipers express their struggles, their suffering, and their disappointment. The struggles, the suffering, and disappointment to the Lord. So a really good example is just what we read, Psalm 88, where... The psalmist is saying, I'm struggling through something. I'm suffering. There's just uh, extreme um, disappointment and anxiety. And uh, and he, he's being very honest. So one of the things that I think um, the psalms, they're, they're really good in that, you know, there are times when we may be tempted to sugarcoat what's going on in our life. And we'll just say, oh, praise the Lord anyways. And, you know, God is good all the time. And all the time God is good. And that seems to be the end of it. But the, the Christian life includes suffering. It includes 
despair and anxiety and um, just people abandoning you. So uh, the lament psalms are good because it shows us that we're not alone in the struggle and these other people, um, the people that have come before us, they have experienced the same thing and they've put to words something for us to express to God. So those are the lament psalms. All right. The next one, uh, the next type, Thanksgiving psalms. Thanksgiving Psalms, and these help worshipers express joy and gratitude. Joy and gratitude. So we sang, um, I think um, one of the songs we sing sometimes is uh, Chris Tomlin's Forever. Uh, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Uh, that song is taken from the Psalms, and it's a Thanksgiving Psalm. It's, if, 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 that, if Chris Tomlin were alive, like, like Harvard, like three thousand years ago, he would have written maybe a psalm that would have fit into here. Uh, so, just a very um, if these help us express our thanks to God. So these Thanksgiving psalms they express our joy and our gratitude. All right, next uh, next type is praise, praise, and these center on the praise of God for who He is. So these center on the praise of God for who He is. Yes. Um, I think it's really interesting. Like there are lament psalms and praise psalms. So, how do the psalms work? Like, do you feel like praise and then you find a praise psalm, or do you feel sad and you find a lament psalm and you say, like, "Oh, that's too sad," so you find like a less sad psalm? <laughs> um, or like, how does it work? Or do you like even even when you're not feeling lamentful? Do you like sing this lament psalm, and how does that work? Yeah, well, um, a lot of these psalms they're not strictly one type. There, there's, there's an overlap. So there may be some that um, they express some sort of disappointment or, um, or, or distress, but they also focus on God. And we'll see that um, there are some psalms that are uh, very um, focused uh, in terms of what they're expressing, but then there are others that. They say that something's happening in the psalmist's life, but there's also they, they bring themselves and say, um, despite this, or even even in the middle of all this stuff, I'm going to praise God. So, I guess your question as to do we just if we're feeling one way or another, do we just read? Yeah, I think you know, like some people are temperamentally one way or another, mm -hmm. and I think one of the beauties of the psalms is that it teaches us um, to think through these emotions that maybe. We don't naturally feel as much. Yeah. And that's like the full range of the Christian experience. Mm -hmm. but, uh, look at that. If you look at like Psalm 42 and 43, which kind of hang together, it has both. Uh, why am I cast down? Oh, my soul. Put your hope in God. And he's going back and forth between, and he's talking to himself. He's bummed out because he can't get to the temple, and so, but then he tries to encourage himself looking to the future. So I find it. Seeing not only is a reflection of how I feel, but it also changes how I feel. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I'm really bummed out, so I'll sing a song of Thanksgiving to, to turn my to turn my mental thinking around. Yeah, yeah. Well. So it's not just a reflection of our emotions. I think it guides us. Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. So we kind of like experience with the psalmist whatever the psalmist. Is. Right, right. Yeah. That's pretty emotionally sophisticated. Yeah. yeah. There, there's some. Um, uh, some people they don't they don't realize that they have certain emotions. Like yeah. for me, like um, when I was my first year in seminary, we were required to um, go visit a counselor, not a counselor, um, uh, 
psychologist. It was someone there in the, in the Biola Counseling Center, and we had to take a test to uh, beforehand, and we like like it was just like a personality test, and um, they. The, one of the things that I got from that was that like there are things that I, there are emotions that I don't really like fully understand, um, and I never thought that I had like because I'm like for me I'm, I'm uh, more on the optimistic positive side, and I was like yeah I don't really struggle with like depression or anxiety or anything like that. But they're like you know there maybe like um, there's just something in you that hasn't been triggered yet, and you haven't really like I I've, I would say like I'm uh, emotionally underdeveloped some people <laughs> and uh, there's these these do tell us that hey you know like um, God has like God has given us every emotion including anger and sadness um, and these are things that make our lives richer um, even sadness makes our life richer and better so um, yeah I think that's a, that's a really good point that uh, that th- these are these are teaching psalms they are um, they guide us as well so they they I would say they, they help us articulate what, what we can't articulate ourselves. Okay. Um, so the next one is the Salvation History Psalms. Salvation History Psalms. And these review the history of God's saving works among the people of Israel, especially his deliverance of them from bondage. So these uh, these review the history. And these are... Uh, the, the Israelites, they went through a lot. And a lot of times we forget what God has done for us. So we need to go back and say, what has God done for us? What, how can we remember uh, God's work in our lives? And these Salvation History Psalms, they recount what God has done. So the, the Israelites, they would say, um, as, the, as, as they worship in the temple, as they sing these songs, they go, oh yeah, I forgot that God was a good to us. I forgot that God has saved us. And um, a lot of our, our, a lot of our um, worship needs to be... Uh, we need to look back at what God has done because it shows that God is faithful. And in those times when we're wor- when we're worried or when we're concerned, it may be because we forgot that God has brought us this far and He's never let us down. So let's remind ourselves what God has done. So if these Israelites were singing, they were encouraged by by hearing what God has done in the past. Um, the next one, Wisdom Psalms. These praise the merits of wisdom and the wise life. These praise the merits of wisdom and the wise life. So, uh, after Psalms in the Bible, we have Proverbs. So that's all about wisdom. But the, here we see like a little preview as to where these, um, as to how these worshippers uh, can think about wisdom in this. Uh, next one, songs of trust. These proclaim that God can be trusted. These proclaim that God can be trusted. So. Remember again that a lot of these um, categories overlap in Psalms. So maybe a song, a psalm that talked about God's saving work, are reminders that God can be trusted. So uh, these songs, these psalms were were sung to remind them that God can be trusted. All right, and here this next one we have um, a bunch of a, a bunch of subsets of this one um, one bigger type: the celebration, celebration and affirmation. Celebration and affirmation. So the first one we have are covenant renewal psalms. Covenant renewal psalms, which are used to lead God's people to a renewal of the covenant he first gave them on Mount Sinai. So remember, uh, Michael, I think Michael and Sean have gone through the 
God through the co- different covenants. And uh, the, the, the Israelites are a covenant people. We Christians are a covenant people, and God has made a covenant with us. So these are, um, they, they remind the, the worshipers of the covenant that was made. They say, don't forget that you are special, you are set apart. The um, Davidic covenant psalms, which praise the importance of God's choice of the lineage of David. Now, King David, he's really important because a certain person came from his line. Does anyone want to take a shot as to who that person might be? Solomon. Okay. <laughs> Solomon, he's a really important guy too. He's the son of David. <laughs> <laughs> who came after Solomon? Any guesses? Clarence, maybe? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm going to take a shot, Clarence? Jesus. Perfect. So, all, there, David, a whole bunch of important people came from from David, from the line of David, especially Jesus. So we see, um, of course, we don't see Jesus' name mentioned specifically in the Psalms, but then we see um, that the Psalms are very Jesus-centered. We see the prophetic Psalms are the, the um, there are prophet, messianic prophecies in the Psalms, like and Jesus quoted the Psalms um, and. When when the Psalms talk about um, God renewing and uh, renewing us, and that God can be trusted, ultimately they point to the one who is the ultimate fulfillment of the of the thing that we put our, of the thi- of what we put our trust in. So um, those are the Davidic covenant Psalms, the lineage of David. Roy- the royal Psalms they deal with the human and divine kingship, human and divine kingship. So some of these songs were songs were um, were recited or they were sang at um, when when kings were instated, um, but they also talk about more than just human kings. There's a there's a divine king. So it's God in heaven. Songs of Zion focus on the place where the temple was built, where the temple was built. So remember, the temple was a big deal because. This was, um, well, I, I wrote, I have it here. It was the visible expression of God's presence and the place from which the king exercised his authority. So they focus on the place where the temple was built. So all of reg- religious life in Jewish culture was centered around the temple. So the temple was a really big deal. Okay, so those are the celebration and affirmation psalms. And um, this next one, these are imprecatory psalms, imprecatory psalms. So let's turn to Psalm 58. And I think I accidentally put uh, put down the answers for you already, but these are psalms that express anger and hatred towards enemies. Psalm 58. Um, can I have someone? Yeah, we have time. Can I have someone uh, read this psalm, Psalm fifty-eight? Marshall, would you like yeah. to? Thanks. Psalm fifty-eight. <clears throat> Do you indeed decree what is right, you gods? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? No, in your hearts you devise wrongs. Your hands deal out violence on earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth, speaking lies. They have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf adder that stops its ear, so that it does not hear the voice of charmers or of the cunning enchanter. O God, break the teeth in their mouths. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. 
Let them vanish like water that runs away. When he aims his arrows, let them be blunted. Let them be like the snail that dissolves into slime, like the stillborn child who never sees the sun. Sooner than your pots can feel the heat of thorns, whether green or ablaze, may he sweep them away. The righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. All right, so listen to how uh, angry the psalmist seems. He's talking about people having their teeth broken in their mouths. He's talking about the enemies who, he's saying like, I hope these horrible things happen to them. So what is up with that? Let's turn to Psalm 137. And Yvonne, can you uh, read Psalm 137, um, verses 8 and 9? Yeah, clenched teeth. Yeah. They're good. Is that right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Read verse nine too. All right. This like think of the think of the imagery that's presented here. The psalmist is saying, um, "Blessed is a man who takes little babies and smashes their heads against a rock." This is not something that you would read at a pro-life rally, right? It's talking about killing babies. Um, this is pretty crazy. Uh, like, what is up with that? So, um, let's talk about these imprecatory psalms, these imprecatory psalms that seem to express this anger and hatred. So, is it okay to express this type of um, hatred towards someone, this t- sort of anger? I mean, it's in the Bible, so is it okay? Yes, no? So, uh, why why are these things included? And... I think the reason why is because, number one, remember that the psalmist, they're, they're very honest in how they're feeling. They're, they don't try to sugarcoat anything. So this is a real expression of their anger. This is a real, uh, this is really what they're feeling. They're this angry. There's this much hatred towards the enemy. So is it okay? So there a couple of things that um, people might explain this away with is, like number one, well, as New Testament believers, like the New Testament supersedes the um, the Old Testament law. So... Um, we shouldn't be angry anymore. We shouldn't have um, th- these type of feelings. But th- the Bible talks about uh, in the New Testament specifically. It says we should. It's okay to have a righteous anger, right? Anger when something goes wrong, something when something unjust happens. Um, it's okay to have the anger. Um, or other people might say that um, I forget what the other the other type of people might say. <laughs> um, there is some other way that people have, have explained these types of songs away, but uh, since I can't remember, I'll not spend too much time trying to remember. Yeah, I think, I mean, some people say that um, you, you ought not to feel this for your personal enemies. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so so this you're is supposed to think of it abstractly as you know, right. Satan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, that's right. Um, so uh, there's no. Uh, it's some people say. Well, these people are talking about. Um, they're not directing their anger towards something with a personal face, right? But um, So it is maybe like demonic forces or Satan. Um, but these are, these are talking about people that are, that, that did specific wrongs to the Israelites, like especially the people who put them into exile. 
Um, so they do have a specific face. And when the psalmist was writing these things, I don't think that they were saying, um, I'm just going to make it like this broad, nebulous, general um, evil. But they're thinking about specific things. So what's up with that? So I think the um, one way we can resolve this is to say that uh, okay, we, we, it's okay to, to feel these things and it's okay to express them. Um, and in the, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, the word hatred is when they when the psalmist says um, they hate someone, the hatred is more. It's not the type of hatred that we think of, but it's more. I reject what they're doing. I don't accept what's going on. This injustice that's happening. So, it is a little bit softer when they use the word hatred than how we might think of it. And um, also, I think uh, it, it's just it's ca- it's crying out to God, saying, God, these. This sin, these sins, these evil, are really as bad as we make them out to be. They're, they're even more horrible than we think they are. Um, so these are cries out to God saying, God, make these things right because we're not going to sugarcoat the, um, the, the evil of them. So don't sugarcoat your judgment against these people. So God is just and he will make everything right. So any type of punishment that the evildoer receives from God is just. It is something that is deserved. So there, it's not um, it's not an unfair treatment of these enemies. It is a just treatment of these enemies. We find in the, in the book of Revelation, Jesus says the same thing. Uh, chapter two he talks about, um, "Behold, I will throw her into a sick bed, and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their works, and I will strike her children dead." Um, there's this association between your future and your inheritance. Uh, with your children, and if, if your children are, are are gone, that's the end of your lineage, mm-hmm. and you're removed from the face of the earth. So yeah. this is the same sort of judgment comes from Jesus, even in the book of Revelation. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. You know, it's really interesting. Like when I read the Psalms, Psalms, um, personally, I feel uncomfortable because uh, you know it's like implied emotions that I'm not really maybe um, in touch with as much. Uh, but I, that's what I love about the Psalms because it so challenging, you know, it stretches you, and even if you're not quite sure how to resolve it, um, it pushes you, you know? Yeah. yeah I, love, I love that challenge aspect. Yeah. Still, yeah, I think the Predatory Psalms is definitely something that we, as New Testament Christians, struggle how to understand. How can we sing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in history, uh, what would happen is, when they would fight wars, they would sing them Predatory Psalms in the battle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I think we've swung the opposite degree where we could just avoid them. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, not just for the imprecatory songs, but for all the songs in general. They, um, Van Gogh said something about art. He said that art is a lie which points us to the truth. And these songs aren't lies, but they are. Um, they, they, they are. They're a type of poetry. I mean, poetry is a type of art. And it, it's an articulation of what we're feeling. It's a expression of what's going on. Um, and artists, they help us convey something that we can't on our own. And there, there's a larger truth that these are pointing to. So um, for, for all, our, all our feelings, whether we, we suppress them or not, they, they, they take us to some place that we can't go on our own. So I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Okay. So, um, how do the New Testament believers use a psalm? So, um, Arnold, can I have you read Ephesians five eighteen through nineteen, and then Rachel, can I have you read Colossians three sixteen, please? 
but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Okay, so New Testament believers, um, so, uh, Paul is giving us uh, uh, an example of how we can use these psalms is we address each other. So um, when we sing them in, in church, we don't sing them um, only to God, but we also sing them to each other to encourage each other. And this will strengthen us. Uh, and then Rachel, Colossians 3.16. Okay, so the New Testament believers, they are to use the Psalms in the worship experience. So in addition to the teaching, in addition to um, the, the, the fellowship that we have, these Psalms and, and also just the songs we sing, these are to be used in conjunction with each other to help us worship God in the same way that these Psalms were used to help the Israelites in their worship of God. Okay, so um, they're important to us. Um, number one, the psalms serve as a guide to worship. The psalms serve as a guide to worship. Number two, the psalms demonstrate how we can relate honestly to God. The psalms demonstrate how we can relate honestly to God. Number three, the psalms demonstrate the importance of reflection and meditation on the things that God has done for us. Reflection and meditation. Um, one thing that I haven't really touched on is the... I, I mentioned that the, the Psalms are poetry. The Psalms... Poetry has a certain rhythm to it. It brings us to... Um, it's kind of like music. There's like um, there's a beat to it. And when we say uh, it helps us reflect on God, when it says it helps us meditate on God, th- this is... When we, read, when we read the Psalms, there's a lot of repetition. Um, there's a lot of... Um, um, a lot of like the, the the way the psalms are structured is are they they help us focus on one thing. So these psalms, they're individual units. There are some psalms that connect to each other, uh, but you, when we read them, we can read them as individual units, and these are great for a quiet time when they help us um, with our feelings, and they also help us to meditate on God because ultimately, even the ones that most of the psalms express a confidence and trust in God, even the ones that don't explicitly express that confidence or trust in God. They, they, they're implicit in the text. So every one, every one of the Psalms, they ultimately focus not on our own feelings, but on God. And we talk, when we talk about, there, there's, um, in some Psalms, there seems to be a real tone of complaints. We read a couple of those. Um, even that, that complaint, is, it shows us that um, we're bringing a complaint to someone who listens. And we wouldn't, it, it, we wouldn't just complain to someone who we know would just shut themselves off. It would who would if we just said something it would just bounce off the walls but we're saying even in our complaints even in our um, negative feelings we're saying that okay God this is what I have so this is what I'm bringing to you and with you I'm trusting these things and I don't know what I can do with them but I'm expressing them to you and we don't need to figure out everything but God you're the center of this you're the one who can resolve this problem um, I think Guess I'm wondering um, how much do you think contemporary worship music is, is kind of reflecting or following the pattern of the psalms? In your assessment, since you know you know worship music, 
Um, I, I I see a positive trend. So the question is, like, uh, so we might listen to Christian music, um, maybe uh, songs that are sung in church. Um, like, how much of that is reflective of true biblical praise and worship? Um, so, like, I think we're we're very privileged and blessed to have resources um, that give us songs that express lament or mourning, like um, Indelible Grace, um, Red Mountain Music, Sojourn Music. They have songs, a lot of songs that talk about um, despair. And one of my, actually, one of my, one of the songs I really like a lot. It's called it's it's a hymn by John Newton. It's called "I Ask the Lord," and it talks about um, the, the person who's singing the song. He's saying that I ask the Lord to stop the sin in my life. I ask the Lord to help me with the struggle. But it seems like the more I ask God to help me with my struggle, the more I struggle and the more despair I feel. And the resolution of the song is not that um, finally one day God just came in and he fixed everything for me, which is how he wanted it to happen. But he's saying like, no, actually, I just was driven deeper and deeper into my despair and in my sadness. But in that despair, I saw that my despair um, was to show me that there's nothing in myself that I can do. And it's only because I have a God that will rescue me. That's where my hope is. It's not in the fact that things will work out. It's not in the fact that I can fix things on, on my own. But it's um, my sin is a reminder of my need for God. And our need for God glorifies God more than our victory over sin, I think. Our, our victory over sin is great and it's something that we should strive towards. But then God's grace is greater than our sin. So, um, And there are a lot of songs that uh, I think are very helpful because uh, I, the, the hymns we sing, they, they express something. I guess people 100 years ago or 200 years ago felt more deeply. And nowadays <laughs> we, we think in terms of like sound bites and we think in terms of you know just whatever five-minute clip we can find on YouTube. But when we think more deeply, we're like, oh, I didn't realize that I felt that. Um, I didn't realize that, oh... Maybe my trust in God isn't as deep as it should isn't as deep as it should be. So these songs um, they help us. Um, a, a, lot, a lot of like music that we sing uh, in church and maybe in our church or other churches. I don't think so much our church because we try it not to. But maybe other places um, are just crap um, when people are just happy all the time and they they're not given the opportunity to express their sadness. So um, a full complete worship experience includes um, expression. And uh, admittance of our sadness and loneliness and anxiety and our worries. Um, so I think um, we're blessed to have resources that we can use to help us express it, including the Psalms, including a lot of these groups are putting out uh, hymns and uh, Actually, more honest music. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's. I think it's true. Um, I, I, in my time in the past couple of years, I've spent a lot more time talking to people that go through issues. Like a lot. Of, I, I actually um, back in my school, there are a lot of people that are um, seeing counselors on a weekly basis, and they're taking antidepressant medicine. Um, and I didn't realize that so many people are sad, and so many people go through so many things. So. Um, for people like that, like I'm like I'm glad I know them because I realize oh like life isn't as peachy keen as I thought it was for a lot of people. Um, so wait till you hit forty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
like yeah, our our we can worship God in our tears and in our worries and in our concerns. So I guess the, the thing for us to take away from as we close out is that um, we can be honest with God, and these psalms show us how we can do that. All right, let's close in prayer. God, we thank you so much for allowing us to be honest with you, and uh, even for the pain in our lives and for the the concerns and anxiety and and um, loneliness and the sadness that we feel, God. We praise you for those because they remind us that this is not our home, but we are looking forward to um, our final home with you, where there will be no no uh, no sadness, no pain, and um, and help us use these psalms to express our our trust in in you because you are ultimately the only one we can put our confidence in God so we thank you for that and I pray that we continue to worship you as we uh, sing and pray together and listen to the word together as a family in the uh, other building God thank you in Jesus name amen